Hello and welcome back to Rut Rewind, a podcast that gets in the ring with films critics deemed featherweights. If a film's aggregate critical rating is below, the 60% belt RottenTomatoes.com sets as its freshness standards. It's up for grabs for us to talk about here on the most popular podcast ever. I am Courtney Peranto. And I'm Max Rue. And today we're continuing our, our mini-series on vulgar auteurism with two Cold War classics. These movies helped America get through the Cold War. Uh, 1983's Flashdance and in 1985's fourth installment in the Rocky franchise, Rocky IV. Yeah, and today mom and dad don't have any guests. It's just It's It's just just us. It's just us. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody wanted to talk about Flashdance at least. I'm really surprised that Flashdance didn't. Honestly, I have seen Rocky. I have not seen Rocky II nor have I seen Rocky three. I understand like sort of like the Rocky mythos because I know what needs to happen to get to Creed. So as as like silly Billy and I guess a critically underperforming Rocky four is like shit happens in it that really sets the Rocky franchise on its path for where we are today. So well, I I didn't realize Creed two. I didn't see Creed two. I didn't realize that they brought back Dolph Lundgren and his son. No, they so Creed, yeah, so Creed has to fight Dolph Lundgren's son. So then it's really like, let's pour some I didn't see Creed <laughs> 2. I've only seen, I've seen Rocky, Rocky 4, and Creed. How is Creed? Um, it's okay. I didn't really like it as much as a lot of it, mostly because of Michael B. Jordan. I was just yeah, like, I was going to say, is... both of us don't like Michael B. Jordan very much, so. Yeah, he just doesn't do it for me. But Ryan Coogler's a good director, so it's, you know, it's well-made. It's got some good stuff in it. Stallone's great in it. I, I re-watched Rocky because I hadn't seen Rocky since I was probably... A child? Were you really uh, into it ever? No, I never really gave a fuck about Rocky. I probably um, prefer Rambo to Rocky. I think Rocky Four is almost more in the Rambo mode than than Rocky mode. I haven't seen Rocky two and three. Watching the first one and then watching the fourth one back to back was interesting because the first one is such a like gritty underdog story. It's very 70s and New York. And it's like about this working class guy who seems to be fucking brain dead already. Uh <laughs> Like there's so many moments that I just did not understand a word he said. Where I was just, I had to put subtitles on. I was like, "What the fuck is yeah. this guy saying?" He's just like, "You come my house with me." I was like, "Jesus Christ!" He's like kind of courting this woman who also seems to maybe be like mentally ill. Maybe I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, I mean, like I obviously get the appeal of Rocky. I yeah. like Sylvester Stallone, even though he's maybe a bad person. I don't know. I sort of like like him to be around I, in the ether, but. Is he? I don't know much. I mean, obviously, like politically, I know I probably wouldn't be on the same page as him. I definitely wouldn't uh, based on Rocky Four. But has he, what has he done? Did okay, he do something gonna... weird about like trying to get jacked off in a shower maybe? Or is that I was going to say, else? I think like some gross sex stuff. I'm guessing. Help but. me, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, like, it seems like in the 80s, this was like his most arrogant period, post-Rocky success, moving into like all these franchises and becoming like the biggest action star in the world. He's an interesting actor because he's capable of giving such a fucking great, small, kind of soulful performance. Like, I think he's so fucking good in Copland. I think that's okay. my favorite performance of his. I think he's, I have never seen it. Oh, he's so good in it. He's really good in Creed. I'm trying to think of something else where he was maybe... I think he's fun in Rambo. Yeah. But I it's just, like a I, different... Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I've only seen the first Rambo and then the one that came out in 2008 where he's just like ripping people's throats out. That I did not see fucking, that one. Thing. That um, one, it came out like around the same time as like the new or like Live Free and Die Hard and shit. And there, yeah, yeah, I yeah. did see Live Free and Die Hard. I always thought of it, it's like you got, you had to like pay, it's like the Stones or the Beatles. It's like you're a Willis or a Stallone. And I'm definitely Team Willis as far as like that era of well, the, mach- machismo. In the 80s, it was more like Stallone and then Arnold coming up and taking the oh, title. Oh, yeah. I think because- I like Arnold better than too. I do too. I think, although I think that Stallone is, is probably a better, a better actor. actor for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't just know. think that like Arnold would, makes funner choices sometimes. Arnold's definitely more fun. Stallone's a little sad. That's what I mean. Like, I think Vin Diesel could have gone the Stallone route and like had a really <laughs> interesting, like, uh, you know, he no, could, yeah. You could still give a really fucking interesting performance as just like a dim-witted fucking guy. I don't know. But he, I don't think his his ego I don't think do that. I don't think that he... Yeah, can do that anymore either. I think no, 
I think Stallone felt a lot of, from what I read, like personally attacked by like the rise of Arnold in the 80s. And so a lot of people read into Rocky IV as it being like kind of a thinly veiled attack on Arnold and that Drago is supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just Oh, honestly, that's like, it makes it infinitely more interesting now that I know that. Yeah, it's like his own. I, I feel like that. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it, but it's like that whole movie is just like fascinating as far as like how it delves into the egos of these men who just refuse to get old or die. Him just feeling yeah. so threatened by this European force. But he's only like 40 tops? Yeah, he's, I, he's, he's like, yeah, he's like 39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like dude, Chris Evans, like all the Chris's are older than that now. <laughs> yeah. And I we're mean, supposed to think that he's washed up. I fucking look like shit. <laughs> he um, does kind of look like shit. I mean, but he kind of looks like shit in all of them. Like, even the first one, I just was like, oh, man, this guy's got to He's a little... He, yeah, but he's a little, like, redder here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think these movies ended up being a better pairing than I even imagined because they are They're both, both sports movies where they're, like, in training. They are, and I think they both represent the turning of the tides as far as the inf- like the influence of MTV on movies and the influence oh, yeah, okay. of editing. And I would say that both these movies are essentially like montages. Rocky Four obviously is an insane amount of montages, but both movies, yeah. I was like, these are both montage movies. So I think at the time you understand like the critical reaction to people being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like this is literally just like a long form music video. I don't understand what I'm watching. And they're obviously both incredibly 80s and iconic in that way for how influential they are. I I think that like maybe it's a good girl-boy combo too because I was so infinitely more like drawn in by Flashdance because probably just the narrative appeals to me a little bit more. I I think it's like, I think it's a better made movie and we'll get into that. But like, yeah, it is really fun to watch two people train for something. Um, And I also think there are two movies about how like men keep getting in the way, but in Rocky's case, it's just Rocky. (laughs) It's just like- Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, my friend's dead. I gotta avenge him. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And it's like, do you? (laughs) No, I mean, these movies are both a testament to the power of a good training montage. That is, yeah. Apparently, Rocky IV is 32% montage. Oh, my God. But the second half of it is 50% montage. But Uh, Rocky's almost like a kaleidoscope of montage near the end. You're just like, oh, no, it's amazing. Someone hasn't spoken in forever. No, I know. I wrote it down. I mean, we'll talk about it. But I was like... I honestly <laughs> admire the flex that uh, this movie is. Like, he's just like, it's wild. It. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, flash dance. Flash dance. You walk out there, and the music starts, and you feel it. Your body just moves. There's something inside of you that just clicks, and you're gone. It's like you're somebody else for a while. Her name is Alex. She works in a man's world. She dances in a world of her dreams. dream comes true just one time, it can change your life for all time. According to me, Flashdance is the movie that I'm kind of most surprised is rotten or definitely among like the top five or 10 that we've done. When I talked about doing this movie this week with my friends, they were all also very surprised that it's rotten, probably because it's left such a cultural thumbprint all over. Once watching it, I guess it makes more sense. Yeah, it's like anytime there are movies that are that iconic or like have left that much of an imprint yeah people are always yeah like surprised that they were instinct top gun there's so many movies like that where i think people are like shocked that because it was like a childhood thing or like a nostalgic favorite yeah it's culturally notable in many ways i don't know if i'd ever seen Flashdance before or if i had seen it when i was little or if i'd just seen parts of it i definitely like knew the plot pretty well but not right. the vibe necessarily because there is so many things about it that i think are weirder than you would know if you just watched like clips. I never saw Foxes. I do think that like this is a movie that broke Adrian Lyne into mainstream Hollywood and begins his sort of career as uh, like a kinky, but kind of conservative 
pervy guy. I'm horny, but I'm playing my cards a little close to the chest. That is what he does. Like, I think that, I mean, we've covered a bunch of his movies and, but not Deep Water yet, weirdly. Because Deep um, Water is just kind of tame. We could do Deep Water. No, I know. I, I don't think I'm an Adrian Lyne fan. Me I, either. Yeah. Because I, I think that he's made my least favorite movie on earth, the Jeremy Irons Lolita. Right. I think that we decided that Unfaithful is kind of boring good, the good Diane Lane boring. performance but boring Ooh, yeah it was good at times and we also thought that uh Indecent Proposal was pretty boring it's just like all sad. of his movies really are sad like, and boring yeah he makes like the erotic thrillers from like the cucks perspective and that's what I think yeah. is like but he's like clearly so I think morally indebted to the cuck that like he can't yeah. help but make it feel like moralistic in a really boring way so, you know and like Fatal Attraction a movie that I'm still like ooh, I oh, that's probably my favorite or this honestly I mean, yeah, I'm like, is Fatal Attraction like technically his most well-made movie? But like, yeah, I think but so. But it's still really fucking. It's so weird. I also think that like <sighs> that movie too is the most obvious on what it is representing as far as like a cultural fear. Where like I think that this one's like yeah. muddy in a really interesting way, and I think that Indecent and Unfaithful are boring, but I think right. Fatal Attraction actually presents kind of wild idea about the work. Oh, never mind. No, sorry. Too. Jacob's Ladder is his best movie. I've never seen that. Jacob's Ladder is actually really good. But Flashdance. Flashdance. It stars a very young Jennifer Beals as Alex. Or she's very young in the movie. She plays a barely legal welder. Yeah. yeah. Who moonlights as an avant-garde cabaret club as a dancer. But she pines to take her extracurricular passions to the posher, more highly regarded ballet circuit. All the while, her much older boss, like much, he must be much older. Nick. He's double her age, yeah. He has to be double He's her at age. least 40. Also, I just think that people looked older in the fucking age. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> so this motherfucker I, yeah, could be like 35. Yeah. Yeah, he Nick. might be like 38, but motherfucker looks like he's like he 25. Look, yeah. He His, uh, he's played by Michael Nori, who super looks familiar. I think he plays bad guys a lot. He's like a scummier, taller Richard Gere, or like he's just a very 80s male lead. Um, yes. But he's her boss at the steel mill, and he starts pursuing her after he sees her dance at Mobby's a cabaret club that she works at. She rebuffs him several times, but well, he literally he is 38 on- in this movie. Oh, damn. Okay. He just okay. keeps on pursuing her. Wow. He's my age. That's crazy. Well, a year older than me, technically. He's on but. Yellowstone now. He's got that. Money, <laughs> that so. checks out. Yeah. In a Every six- aging actor from the 80s goes to die on Yellowstone. I think that is true. Yeah. That's the retirement for them. Yellowstone right, let's get you is to Yellowstone. their vanilla sky. It's like their consciousness. Yeah. No, you turn 70. We're going to get you over to Yellowstone now. You can <laughs> die on that set if you'd like. <laughs> well, Alex, I think, is notable because she lives in a great converted loft where she can practice dancing and amazing leotards. And yeah. she is a proud owner of one of the coolest dogs in cinematic history, according to me, Grunt. Grunt is a great movie dog. Good dog, good. Good dog, they don't overdog it up, but it's dogged up just enough. Grunt, you rule. Yeah, she lives in the, a, a pretty amazing loft that makes you question her income the same way that you would with the characters on Friends, where you're just like, how yeah. did you How did you? I think that they try to make it like kind of shitty, you know? She just has such good taste that she's able to make it Make it look, look nice. Cool. And um, it's definitely a ground level apartment, which is spooky. She definitely lives inside of an alley, <laughs> but it's a sick she apartment. Lives, she lives in an alley. She lives in a dangerous alley um, <laughs> she does. but she's a welder so she's gotta keep up her image i don't know i mean it yeah. was pittsburgh cheap at the time like pittsburgh doesn't seem like, Courtney, it's like i don't know anything about pittsburgh and i never know anything about pittsburgh <laughs> i have no desire to learn about pittsburgh i don't need to go to pittsburgh i have no idea maybe probably not 83 post yeah I bet late pittsburgh 70s was... inflation mm. but anyway flash dance has a 35 percent that's so low i thought it was gonna be like 55. I mean, I think when you take into account what this movie is, and even though it's it's so iconic and it's so influential, but at the time, it's just the kind of movie that clearly would connect with audiences and young people. But I understand how critics at the time would be like, this is a montage movie. Like, this is a music video. What am I looking at? The same way that I don't think a lot of people caught on to like the Tony Scott style in the 80s and what he was putting on screen. Because Adrian Lyne, Tony yeah. Scott, Michael Bay, a lot of these guys come from advertising. Adrian Lyne worked in commercials. So they're very good at selling sexiness or selling a product and and selling like a mood and a vibe. And I think you really 
get that and all the early stuff it's better than a vibe movie to me though like i really care about alex's plight i think that a big part of me doesn't give a fuck about the romance that i don't understand why she has to be 18 and not 25 like if she was 25 (laughs) we didn't even mention that this is written by joe esterhouse oh yeah yeah we joe esterhouse who another guy we've covered on the podcast with basic instinct and showgirls and jade it definitely has a lot of that vibe i guess it's like kind of like showgirls except it's not that catty and i do think that like out of all those movies like it is the movie that probably it's tethered most to the female lead and it gives her the most credit like she's rootable where i think that you could argue right. that nomi and showgirls as much as we love that movie is maybe like kind of a villain like sort of not rootable i mean sort of a cunt but like here alex is like a super winning person that you really care for you see her with her grandma so she loves her old grandma she, she old doesn't grandma. want her friends stripping i think that it does do a little bit better of a job even if it is just sort of like for the likes or whatever to like get in alex's head and it's the one that I feel the romance element of it is like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Like you need Kyle Glockland and Showgirls. And obviously you need Michael Douglas and Basic Instinct. Yeah. You not need this fucker in this movie. Just like creepily pursuing her. But I'm not, I I think he gives a good performance. Like he just is always just like, I'm waiting for you outside your house. He also kind of just in certain shots reminded me of Richard Ramirez. So I was like, oh no. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, I was like, I don't know about this guy. Holy shit, you're uh, right. He does look like Richard Ramirez. Well, it's just like the way that their romance starts. He basically just like sees her and he's like, what's a hot girl doing welding? Because he owns the company. And then he like follows her fucking home. That whole plot, which takes up a lot of it and was what eventually gets her to her big finale for her audition at the end. I just was like, I just am not interested in this guy or this romance at all he's boring he's also yeah in his late 30s pursuing an 18 year old that works under him they just could have made it a little less creepy he could have been 38 and she could have been 25 he could have not been her boss and just like friends with someone that worked with her and that's how he i don't know it just he could have been the fucking owner of the company's son i don't know he could have been like that and so still come from like like a different you know i'm from the other side of the tracks even like the way that the romance starts is like there's just like a really weird montage that happens between them where I was just like, this looks so uncomfortable. Like it doesn't look like either one of these people have chemistry with each other or are interested in this. Jennifer Beals for as sexy as she is, she's so beautiful. She's incredibly she, beautiful. She's she's gorgeous in this movie. She's really good in this. I just feel like she's so much more believable when she's by herself or dancing than yeah. when she is with him. I believe in her passion for dance. I don't buy them as a couple. I do like when oh, she smashes yeah. his window. Yeah. And it just feels like something that I don't know, like a lot of movies where they're just like, we have to have a romance. I don't know. We have to. Like, There's I think, that one great scene with his ex-wife that I think is pretty funny. The way that she's like talking to him about his ex-wife, like he's like, he brings something up about her and she like really naively asks him, she's like, oh, you really loved her once, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was married to her. What do you mean? Yeah, but she's I 18. <laughs> no, I know. But I was like, she's not stupid. She's like, oh, you really loved yeah. that woman you were married to for all those years? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. That would be the point where I would be like, fuck, what am I doing? I yeah, yeah. Like she's so yeah. girl. You got to go. They like embrace in her loft and like she just like lets him like cup her titty which yeah is weird. my note is just like why does she want this guy to cup her titty it's weird that this movie was known for being hot yeah there's nothing in that scene that to me suggested that this woman was like yeah you should definitely like put a hand on my titty right now like, like all the hot parts <laughs> are her dancing yeah those are hot and like the cabaret i guess like this movie's really captivating because like the dancings are incredible and the cabaret is so fucking cool like i want to go there it seems so neat it's not a strip club it's it's just like very no, we, niche cabaret where they're like, oh, cool. I'm going to play a kabuki. We need to talk about this place. If this movie exists in the same universe as Cocktail where a TGI Fridays has somehow been transformed <laughs> into like the hottest bar in town. This place, I was I was so confused. Right? I was like, where do these people work? They work at a place that's literally like if a Barney's Beanery. Wait, revealed. what is that? Barney's Beanery is like, it's like a fucking mainstream, like kind of like Irish bar where they're just like, you go fucking... Oh. Throw oh, darts, you could throw darts and get a burger, get a big <laughs> beer, fuck with the karaoke. It's just like, I don't know. I was like, what is this fucking place that's basically just like, it'd be like if you went to Chili's yeah. and they're like, we have a secret room that turns around and all of a sudden they're like, and we do cabaret here on these nights. And you'd be yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they do open, they do like open mic 
nights and then they do like performance art pieces. They have this woman, yeah, dressed like a fucking mime, dancing under a strobe light, just <laughs> while some waitress is just so depressed serving onion ring towers to people. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? I love it. And I she's let making it go so there. much money from it somehow. <laughs> Yeah, I I have a few questions. Is like, why does she have to be a welder? I mean, maybe that apartment is really expensive. I don't. I think the welder thing is like, I think it's literally just to make her like a fucking tough working class chick. It is, which is fine. Like, I'm not saying that's not real, but isn't that what the character, the Ali Larder character, does in Final Destination? Yeah, yeah. We've I wonder seen if a they few were hot in, welders. Yeah, that's a big trend. Is like they're like, how do we make this girl relatable and hot? She's a welder, but she's got um, great tits. And then I will say, I also don't totally get why we need to like. Maybe it's a really scuzzy version of a strip club, but like Zanzibar, the strip club is like a step too far. And it's, it's like the equivalent of just like shooting heroin. It feels like in the scope of this movie. And it's like, maybe that place is especially sketchy, but like, it makes me appreciate something like Hustlers even more that was able to delineate between like kind of a good strip club that like treated its girl well, or like a really shitty spooky one where like the door takes a lot of the money. I think there was like a little judginess, but like who gives a fuck? I would love to talk about Richie. Richie is a cook and a dishwasher who's also an aspiring comedian. Yeah. This guy's going to become the Joker. I mean, this motherfucker's I don't get why is we so... like Richie. He's introduced and you think he's just going to be like some fucking greaseball who works there who's like, fuck, your ass look great tonight. And then he's like slowly revealed to be kind of her friend and like kind of a nice sensitive guy who's a struggling comedian. He has the worst fucking jokes in the world. We're supposed uh-huh. to really care about the future of Richie's career. You're really supposed to invest in Richie's like comedy career. And I'm like, this guy is going to go to he, his whole thing. He's like, I'm going to LA. And they're like, you shouldn't go to LA. They're not going to like you. And he's like, no, I'm going to make it. It's also like this movie's already about someone trying to make it. Like yeah. I didn't, like I didn't need that. It's like, just in case you don't like women root for Richie. This fucking five foot five comedian with a fedora. Who's basically like goes on stage and like, he basically just tells a bunch of jokes about polish people he goes on stage and he's like fucking Pollocks are fucking crazy right he's like Pollocks smell like shit am i right and everyone's like what the fuck and then no one's laughing he's like come on give me a fuck he literally goes come on give me a fucking break yeah he's like if you don't laugh i'm gonna put roaches in your food I was like, this guy's sub. This guy's entire arc is so dark, and then like he somehow gets the audience to laugh because he's like, I'm gonna kill myself. It's me. <laughs> he becomes like a really sad co- comedian in that moment. He's just like, well, I guess the Pollock jokes didn't work, so I'll be depressed and self-deprecating. Yeah. And then he goes to LA for what seems like a week. It seems <laughs> like two days. Yeah, I think he seems- like it's like he flies out. He does one show at the fucking and he's at like, Flappers in like Burbank, me. and he's like. <laughs> I guess I'm not cut up for this. Yeah, and then he comes right back. I would be invested in his subplot if we had a movie about this fucking idiot who goes to LA to be a comedian and just gets like robbed and stabbed outside the Laugh Factory on his first yeah. night. This fucking poor guy. He's an idiot. Oh, man. Yeah, I got some laughs with Richie. Like, yeah, I don't know that one's silly, on. Billy. But the scenes that work for me are mostly, again, like the dance scenes. Because there's two kind of book-ended scenes where she goes to the ballet studio and, like, looks around and it's, like, very stiff and Mm. austere and she, like, freaks out and leaves. And I will say, like, the very end of the movie, like, her audition scene is really winning. Like, it's, it's iconic for a reason. Yeah. It's really fun. Like, I really like whatever, like, style of dance that is. It was, like, really energetic and fun to watch. Yeah, I, it was a dancer named uh, Maureen Jahan. 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 Yeah. I guess they really wanted to hide during the publicity tour for the movie because they did she do all of the dancing did all of it i mean you can tell that's not jennifer you can tell but i mean who gives a fuck right no no no, for sure they just they really dig almost don't even try to disguise the fact that it's not jennifer beals she's moving really fast so (laughs) that's what adrian like if she moves fast enough they'll never know (laughs) oh she also has a whole thing where she is religious she goes to confession a few times to tell the priest that she's horny Yes, she's religious because she goes to a confession. But, like, I think that she does that because Adrian Lyne and Joe Esterhaus are, like, weird, pervy creeps that get off to the idea of someone confessing that they're horny. Like, I don't think that they think of her as a religious character. No, they just, no, no, no. They, they really they want to see her. They need her to apologize for her pussy. Um, yeah. She goes to confession. She says, I'm trying my pussy so wet right now. And the priest goes, are you serious? Yeah, it, it, they're, they're, it is pretty. That's not too much of Your a, pussy's doing what now? <laughs> Um, <laughs> There's one thing about the dog that I want to bring up. 
I think that she comes home at some point and asks the dog if it got laid. And she she's does. like, no, me either. I like, I think that's a good piece of banter because you do talk to your pet in a like very stupid way. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I like that. That's dumb. <laughs> the dog should have talked. This movie needed a talking dog. That's all it needed. <laughs> I think we could have just had Ugh. a relationship with her and the dog and not with. Yeah, no, her man. and the dog were great together. It's a really cute dog. You needed the boyfriend to bring the dog to her at the end of the audition. That's the most that I liked the boyfriend. At that point, I was like, okay, well, at least Nick knows to bring the dog to at the end of her audition because that's who she really wants to hug. Yeah, it's so interesting to watch a movie that's so ingrained in pop culture and has been spooked so many times like mm-hmm. this late like Jennifer in life. Lopez has a video that oh yeah is the flash dance dance yeah I, I guess I always have that when I watch a movie like I remember like watching because I it took me a long time to see the Godfather I didn't watch it until mm-hmm. I was like god I think 20 like I had seen parts of when I was really young but then like watching it as an adult it almost takes a minute to adjust to it because you're so used to seeing spooks of it and seeing it copied or or satirized in in, in pop culture and this yeah. is definitely one of them where I'm like oh yeah this is where that comes from or this is where that song got famous i mean the soundtrack for this was huge obviously maniac is such a good song yeah i mean the i love rock and roll workout sequences insane yeah it's like the irene cara song i think maybe has like been run into the ground a little bit too much for me but maniac is really satisfying it's fun it's also like lyrically it does match the yeah. movie really well yeah you don't get a lot of the Joe Estrauss touch in it. It's pretty tame for him. Yeah. I, you know, and this is one of the first Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson joints. So they're really, I think, starting to shape their aesthetic and what, what they know that people want, essentially. Do you know who is supposed to direct this? Is it someone that we consider like a more esteemed director than Yeah, Adrian it's someone who will be on this podcast very soon. Brian De Palma. Oh, I guess I could have guessed that. Okay. Brian De Palma has turned down two movies that Adrian Lyne went on to direct. This and Fatal Attraction. I think Fatal Attraction is so much better. Brian De Palma makes that movie. I was. I think both movies. I just think De Palma's a better director. For sure. I. I. He's an interest. I'm surprised he wanted to do this because he was signed on up until the last minute, and it was going to be. It was a schedule conflict, and he went to do Scarface instead. Yeah. I don't know. I guess for me, yeah, it was like a movie where I was just like, yeah, like it's fun to see something that's so ingrained in the culture, but also like. Like it's only 90 minutes. Like both these movies are so short. So short. I have a quick question. It's like, I think that we all know now because she's still famous and she was on the L word that Jennifer Bills is biracial. I don't necessarily yeah. read her as black in this movie. No, I don't uh, think the movie does either. But I definitely don't read her as white. And I don't know if that's because I'm also biracial, but like she looks to me like maybe Latin. She does not look like a white lady to, to me She's, in this movie. Yeah. The fact that the movie never pronounces it in either direction is peculiar to me because she's definitely like dark skinned. I think she's supposed to be read as something like I don't Italian? know. I you feel think like she's the, supposed to be Italian. That's the kind of the vibe I got was like, I feel like the movie is so, especially at that time and considering who's making it, like, I don't yeah. think the movie is committed to interrogating that part of her. No, not at all. And Jennifer Beals, what is her character in Devil in a Blue Dress is kind of a similar thing where it's like, yeah, she's, she's passing. But um, Devil in a Blue Dress pronounces it. No, for like, sure. It's like a whole plot of the movie is about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the L word, is she supposed to be biracial yes. or not? Okay. We, but, I think it's partially because, I mean, I think that like she did the right thing. Like at the point that she gets enough clout, I think that she, like, and the L word was such a big hit. I think that she insisted, like it was in her contract that the writers had to make her character biracial or she wasn't going to do it, which is. I never thought of, you've seen Roger Dodger, right? Yeah, of course. I, I never love that movie. even put it together that the two women in that movie are Jennifer Beals and, Elizabeth, and Berkeley. Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if that's a weirdly conscious choice to be like we're gonna cast these two women from these iconic i'm sure a little bit. yeah that's an i just i just put that together i was like oh wait i mean i do think the characters actually fairly fleshed out yeah like well written and i think jennifer beals is great i mean it's one of those again like performances you see where you're like this is like some of the best someone's ever looked on camera like she just looks incredible on camera yeah i agree it's almost amazing that like more people don't watch this all the time because she's so hot in it for like every cindy crawford poster like why isn't there why isn't there more stills from this movie? She looks yeah. so great. 
Yeah, I mean, like, and I, I do like the way the character's written, and I do like her relationship with the guy when she's more combative. Because yeah, I, I do too. But she then she has, just kind of capitulate. She wants to be able to prove herself on her own. She doesn't want this guy's help. I think that's interesting. And I, you know, the way that she thinks that he's like seeing other women, or when you know she finds out that he got her the audition when she gets out yeah. of the car and like shows, her, you know, throws her shoe at him, and then she's gonna walk home with one shoe. Respect. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that she's great in all those parts, and I also think that those scenes are realistic because i think that like that is how an 18 year old girl would fucking behave around this guy probably yeah but i guess I mean, we'll never I know maybe that, she like, jumps she him after she gets in. i was gonna say i think that like it would be satisfying if dakota is it like she dumps him thanks for but. the audition you stupid fuck um, <laughs> i um, think she dumps him she's 18 she either dumps him or cuts him at him. some point guess what i'm fucking richie from the club <laughs> if i stop fucking him he might do a mass shooting so i'm gonna keep fucking. oh god my pussy's the only thing keeping a lot of people alive right now, I think. <laughs> oh, Richie. Um, <laughs> you love Richie. I love Richie. One of my notes is when he, like, gets, like, punked by some dude outside the bar, I just wrote, oh, his little half fell off. <laughs> yeah. His little half fell. And my next note is, this guy's definitely going to die in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear what happened to Richie? No, did he have a good show? He's dead. <laughs> he was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else you want to go? over no no okay. i think that's right oh i do have a note that says her tv is plugged into nothing in her house her, <laughs> her tv is in the middle of this big loft i get it from a production design standpoint it looks good there but i was like this yeah it is looks good there is this is plugged into nothing there's no way that tv but you also <laughs> would hate cords just give me some you ruined the movie for me um <laughs> Why did she want to fuck this guy in? when is she gonna plug that tv in <laughs> please plug your tv in lady <laughs> forget it doesn't matter what doesn't matter? The audition. I don't care. You do care. I don't care. You do care. God, you can't be honest with yourself. How the hell are you going to be honest with me? Now you listen to me, Nick Curly. I don't need you telling me what to do. And I don't need to hear your shit. I'm not a baby. You know, the truth is, you're scared shitless of going to that place, aren't you? I am not. Yes, you are. And you're using me as an excuse not to go. Get out. But you understand, when you give up your dream, you die. So Roger Ebert gave this a bad review. He said Flashdance is like a movie that won a free 90-minute shopping spree in the Hollywood supermarket. Adrian Lyon and his collaborators race crazily down the aisles, grabbing a piece of Saturday Night Fever, a slice of Urban Cowboy, a quart of Marty, and a two-pound box of Archie Bunker's Place. The result what? is great, great sound in Flashdance, signifying nothing. But Jennifer Beals shouldn't feel bad. She has a natural talent. She is fresh and engaging here and only need to, needs to find an agent with a natural talent for turning down scripts. But don't worry, she's hot. Um, yeah, that's kind of what. Uh, Raj is horny. Time Out London said there's absolutely nothing to it beyond Miss Beals cavorting in leotard. Lots of sheeny backgrounds, courtesy of Line, the former ad man, and a Joe Esterhaus screenplay mixed through with cliche concentrate as female blue-collar worker proceeds from showgirl at a men's club to the big audition for the Pittsburgh Ballet School. Barely a men's club. Guys, let's be real. It's the Chili's. Like, for real, though, like, here's the people going there. Me. Like, I'd just be like, oh, my friend Alex is dancing at this really weird thing. Do you guys want to go? This is an interesting one, given what we just talked about with Jennifer Beals um, and her ethnicity that was not really in the spotlight Called out at, yeah, all. Yeah. At, at this time. So Richard Gorlis Time Magazine said, like Saturday Night Fever, and for that matter, the Rocky films, Flashdance has made oh, no. it big by taking experiences of Black youth and playing them in whiteface. But unlike its grittily romantic predecessors, Flashdance is pure glitz. Yeah, if Jenna Reels was white, I understand where that's coming from. It's interesting that that comes out at that time, though. Yeah. And then this one is great. Armin White reviewed Flashdance 20 years after it came out. And in his review of it... He 20 was, years? Yeah. Okay. The review was actually for... It was a review combination of Flashdance and J-Lo's video for I'm Glad. No. He does that a lot. He reviews music videos and movies, which I, I actually think is that. kind of interesting. That is cool. I just didn't know that he did Yeah, that. I mean, like, he's a very interesting critic in a lot of ways. Anyway, Armin White, talking about Flashdance, said, Flashdance should go down in history as the single film that destroyed modern cinema. Oh. <laughs> Flashdance influenced more than marketing. It changed movie content into non-content. Before its release, movie stories stayed true to social and psychological details. 
a recognizable or empathetic character made a movie an edifying experience. Flashdance decimated such storytelling. The ludicrous plot about a female welder named Alex who longs to be a ballet dancer had one had about one-tenth of the credibility of a regular movie. This was stretched thin when Alex practiced her avocation by moonlighting as an almost stripper in a dingy Pittsburgh bar that featured Las Vegas-style production values. Alex didn't steady. She danced pop while dreaming of ballet, an immediate fabrication of normal real-life work ethic. That was Flashdance's contribution to the Reagan 80s go-for-it ethos, an odd combination of class snobbery and populism. It was quote-unquote hot because it looked easy. It looked easy because it was a lie, and that's because it was essentially an advert. Did he like or dislike Jennifer Lopez's video? He did not like the video. I had um, a feeling. Well, the whole thing about it's hot, because he begins the review by saying, it's hot is the explanation Jennifer Lopez gave for why she decided to pay homage to the 1983 movie Flashdance. He said Lopez cannot describe the film's appeal beyond the word hot, that handy euphemism for an unexamined excitement, partly because Flashdance did away with articulation. He also slams, it's funny, that it's so funny to track his politics, man, because this was like at a time where maybe he was conservative, but he wasn't as hardcore as he is now. Yeah. Um, so he says like it opened concurrently with education systems collapsed during the Reagan era. Hmm. I think that's an interesting, valid review on the movie. I think that I, I at least think that it's interesting that he's wrestling with the legacy of the movie and what it did to movies. Because I think that, yeah, like obviously at this time, a lot of movies, this one, the next movie, other movies talked about recently, Top Gun. These are movies that change the way that we watch movies for better or worse. So yeah, you can, the same way that I think people look at like Star Wars and Jaws and things like that as a turning point in the seventies, these movies were the next turning point in the eighties where it's the style of editing. I don't know, everything about it just starts to kind of shift. So yeah, I think you can look at a lot of these movies as a changing of the tides that you might not agree with, but yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, it births some really interesting things. And obviously like anything, if you're at the, like flash dance, it seems as I think one of the first movies to really do this and utilize that, that style because it's the one of the first, like there are going to be better things that come in its wake that, that kind of build on the style and the, the feeling of that movie. Yeah. I, I think both movies today are pretty fascinating as cultural artifacts though of their time. Yeah, I mean, I just think that Flashdance feels more like it could in some version be made today where Rocky just yeah. feels like a tilt-a-whirl of just like, what the fuck? This was a movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Rocky Four is a... a, a <laughs> no, 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 Flashdance, I think we have gotten versions of Flashdance for the years since it came out. What have we had? Save the Last Dance, Honey, Center Stage... Wow. Um, what else? I, I know Center Stage has kind of a cult following. I've never seen it. I've never it. seen it. Um, I've seen, obviously, Save the Last Dance. Yeah, another movie that, like, totally could have only existed when it came out. That yeah. movie is not getting made today. Or if it no. is, it is getting a lot of backlash. Is Jennifer Beals your MVP? Um, really like the dog. The dog is great. But yeah, I think it is Jennifer Beals. It's definitely not um, Ricky. Ricky, Richie, yeah. my Richie. name is Richie, you fucking bitch. And it's definitely, I mean, listen, I don't think that the lead dude was bad. I it's not bad, that, it's just weird. No, I, would, I would say it's Jennifer Beals, or honestly, the dancer. Yeah, she's fantastic. Jennifer yeah. Beals does give a great performance. She looks she incredible. What about you? Same. Jennifer Beals, yeah. I think Jennifer okay. Beals is really good on this. What's your final rating? It's like, it's unfair to call it like a future cult classic, because it kind of just is a cult classic, but it's a cult classic. Yeah, I think it's a cult classic. It's 90 minutes. It's a good time. You don't have to invest too much in it. There's I a cute dog. There's a good dog. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need in a movie. Beautiful woman and good dog. Not a girl and a gun. Nope. A girl and a good dog. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Today, the Soviet Union has officially entered professional boxing. This is not just an exhibition fight that doesn't mean anything. This is us against them. What are you talking about? Come on. Perhaps this simple defeat of this little so-called champion will be a perfect example of how pathetically weak your society has become. Has a fight date been set yet? December 25th. Where? It's in Russia. Are you Rocky, what's going on? Bravo is the most perfectly trained athlete ever. It's suicide! You can't win! Whatever he hits, it destroys. I can't imagine being on the set of Rocky IV. It probably would have been so great. It's so montage that I kind of don't understand how they made it. 
I know. It's almost groundbreaking when you think about it. There is a two and a half hour director's cut that just came out that I did not. You're lying. No, no, no. Is it good? I don't know. He released a director's cut that apparently is more fleshed out. There's no robot in it. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, fuck that. He took the robot out. All right. Yeah. Rocky Four. Sylvester Stallone, he wrote it. He directed it. He stars in it. I think for a long time growing up, I thought that he directed the original Rocky. I didn't realize he didn't for a while because it kind of just seemed like it was his movie and John G. Appleton, they were like, whatever. But yeah, Rocky Four movie pictures Rocky and his longtime bestie, Apollo Creed opponent. Turn bestie. They're boys. Oh, yeah. They're having, they're fucking having the ultimate mm-hmm. dudes rock weekends. So, yeah, the movie opens with Rocky and his longtime bestie, Apollo Creed, played by Carl Weathers, facing off against a pumped up Russian super boxer, Ivan Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren. Pretty much his debut performance. He's so crazy looking. He's incredible. He, I feel like, especially in the late 80s, was really fucking handsome. Like, had a really yeah. good look to him. He's kind of bot-looky. In this, for sure. But I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Is that he's supposed to be robotic. Very early on in the film, Drago, my guy kills. He kills Apollo. It's it, so... He ruins it's, him. It's he, so crazy. That scene is him. insanity. Because it almost fucking, suggests that he has some sort of... Like, what did he die from exactly? Talking too much shit and finding out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like for being <laughs> such like a, an important character in the Rocky franchise, he's co- sort of just gone really fast. It's sort of like, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be revived. And then it's like, yeah, he's not revived. He's dead. What was the cause of death? He fucked around and found out. Um, kind of. He fucked around and found out. Um, He talked a bunch of shit to this fucking young fucking superhuman Russian boxer. It was like, I'll fucking kill you. And then he did. <laughs> you imagine watching a boxing match with a world champion trying to fight some younger dude. This would be like if Logan Paul murdered oh my God. Evander Holyfield in the ring. Yeah. And you just watched it live on TV. Like, oh my God. Yeah, Logan he Paul just like punches him so guy. hard that he dies, which- I mean, look, it can happen. But in the narrative of Rocky Four, Rocky, he's got to get revenge. That's all you got to yeah, know. Yeah, of course. Basically- Rocky's, Even though he's like a dad. He's a dad. A he's got a wife. He's got a robot. He's <laughs> fucking doing his thing. He's, li- he's living a domesticated life, but he's like, oh, fucking that Russian, he killed my friend, even though I kind of told him this guy might kill you. Mm-hmm. And then he fucking, he said, I'm going to go to Russia and I will fight this fucking guy on enemy soil. Yeah. That's right. That's that's Rocky Four. That's all you got to know. Yeah. It is so simple. Fucking Rocky's back. Creed is back. Reed's dead, but Rocky's going to avenge his boy. Yeah, it's very simple. The movie really does forget about Adrienne for a lot of the time. It feels like her character even has to, like, stalk her own husband at some point, leaving the kids. I'm so worried for his own children. The robot's taking care of them. They're fine. Where are the kids in Creed? Or does he just greatly prefer Rocky Balboa? The one he made between five and Creed is Milo Ventimiglia plays his son. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's apparently not okay. Bad. Well, okay, we laugh at the robot because it's insane. Apparently, um, the robot is so fucking insane. The robot um, is is pure like, like someone on the set was blowing too much coke and they thought this was a good idea. Like, it's yeah, insane. it's like I was like, it was it a leftover from a movie that got canned and they were like, let's I have use a lot this of robot. notes that just say, what the fuck is this robot and why does it want to <laughs> fuck Polly? And well, in real There's life, just a robot wandering around Rocky's house. I guess in real life, Stallone's son is autistic. And at the time, he put the robot in the movie so that his son would have something to enjoy while watching it, which is still kind of a bizarre reason to include a robot like that. (laughs) It's like the lost in space robot is basically like, yeah, or so like maybe Polly's new wife. It's yeah, it also looks to me kind of like another Matt LeBlanc property, like the show within the show Friends that he was on called Mac and Cheese about oh. a detective and his and his robot. It looks like that robot. I mean, they're basically like, your like, fucking loser brother lives with us. He's mooching on us. He's lonely. We got to get him a robot. So they get him a robot for his birthday. To which Polly says, I want a sports car for my birthday, not a dancing robot. And then he the literally- The robot serves cake at some point. The robot is 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 trying to talk to Polly when he first gets it. And Polly just literally- looks down and goes, I wish I wasn't in this nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And like, what? why do they get it for him? They're kind of like, they exist now, so we got you one? Yeah. It's really not ironed out why... Well, apparently the director's cut just removes it, but I was like, maybe the director's cut would expand on the robot, but it pretty much throws you right into it. Like the opening scene of the movie is Rocky fights Mr. T, Buck and wins, and then the next scene is we got you a robot for your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is amazing. <laughs> 
this is incredible. <laughs> this is what this movie is already. Five minutes in, you get Mr. T getting the shit beat out of him and then a talking robot trying to fuck Polly. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and then they follow that up with another hour and 20 minutes of just like the most thinly veiled anti-communist propaganda <laughs> you've ever seen in a movie. Between this and Red Dawn, I'm just like, what an insane time. Also, like, his, like, domestic, I think that maybe because I don't care about boxing, I really liked any moments of domesticity, like, including yeah. the robot. And then also, like, his kid at some point to get his attention is, like, trying to create, like, he's, like, filming him with a camcorder. And the kid's, like, actually pretty good. Um, yeah. But that kid gets forgotten about pretty easily. And then he gets his wife a cake, like, a week before their anniversary. I got really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, things our anniversary is like a couple weeks away and he's like yeah but <laughs> thought we could celebrate now why not today <laughs> <laughs> because it's not today and he gives why it to not? her while she's in bed like <laughs> <laughs> no this man is brain dead this man is broken yeah he's and it's not a piece of cake it's like a whole cake with like little cake toppers of them and then he brings it to like her the whole cake when just they are in bed it's just like what the fuck is going on but also okay <laughs> i want a fucking capone style movie that has to be the final rocky <laughs> you movie you want a capone style movie I for want, every movie i know but i want i want a capone movie but with stallone as rocky where he just has full-on dementia and he's just wandering around his empty mansion going Adrian <laughs> fucking shitting himself having like like triggering flashbacks of getting so hit much. in the face Polly's still alive for some reason just fucking <laughs> getting his cock sucked by the robot <laughs> that's my ideal rock yeah your finale. brain is so spooky it's I'm so sorry <laughs> I pitched that to Stallone listen I got <laughs> I think I know I'm gonna get you your Oscar um <laughs> Michael B. Jordan shows up to fucking doing a wellness check on him and Rocky <laughs> shoots him because he doesn't know who he is. <laughs> what you know in my house? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, this movie hates communism. This movie hates Russia. This movie is... Yeah, but here's Cold the thing. They propaganda. also make it look kind of cool. Oh no, this movie accidentally <laughs> is the most pro-communist movie in the world because like, I don't like, know, they man. They shouldn't make it look so fucking dope. And we yeah. haven't even talked about Brigitte Nielsen yet. Oh yeah, Brigitte Nielsen, who was dating Stallone at the time. They were married. Oh, they were married. <laughs> uh, that's a celebrity you sex tape I never want to see. beautiful wife. Is there one? No. Oh. <laughs> you seem, well, I'm so sorry, Max. No. I was, <laughs> you, you, that was the happiest you've been. <laughs> Use cock. Um, <laughs> yeah. She, also, wait, she plays Dolph Lundgren's wife. Right. I fully she, and thought, she does all the talking for him. Yeah. I fully thought it was his sister for 30 minutes, which is a It quarter. could be. It doesn't matter. I mean. Because they look so much alike. Yeah. They're both like, also not Russian. Dolph Lundgren's Swedish. I mean, I buy it. I mean, he looks. I mean, yeah. I don't. Okay, like, listen. A fuck? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. yeah it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't um, matter. Because then they do cast like this like Gorbachev uh, lookalike that you're just like fuck is this guy and then i guess he goes on to Sick. play the same guy in the naked gun which is amazing also i'm like you're making this guy look like because drago is so fucking disciplined he doesn't fucking pop off or run his mouth on anybody until he has to and it's a great fucking tactic it pays off because you got these fucking dumb american guys that are just talking shit to him like we're gonna fucking kill you yeah yeah, <laughs> you yeah. stupid russian fuck and he's just sitting there just quietly seething well bridget nielsen is like it's going to be fair fight don't worry and then <laughs> and then he murders him <laughs> Yeah, it's that's such a weird character too. Like the movie, I mean, it's a better movie with Brigitte Nelson in it. Yeah, but it's like the movie could function completely without her and just give Dolph Lundgren her love. Oh, I think he just like, wanted to give a part to his girl. That's that's bomb. I mean, she's really fun and good in it. Like, yeah, she's in Beverly Hills Cop too. So yeah, it's basically like Creed being like, "Don't worry, it's gonna be nothing. I'm gonna beat the fuck out of this Russian brick house, and then I'm gonna go back to being the best." And Rocky's like, "Oh no, I think you might die." I mean, this guy seems pretty serious. So he's like trying to convince him to not fight him, and he tells Creed at one point, he's like, "You know, maybe we're just we're getting older, we're changing." And and Apollo Creed says, "I don't want to change. I like who I am." And then Stallone says, fucking, maybe we are changing. And then he, he poses it as a question. He says, <laughs> yeah, do it, what, do it. Do, 
we're doing the regular people. That's the best part of the movie to me, actually. Because like I, that's like that's like at its core the most serious and heartbreaking thing about the movie is them having to face turning into yeah. regular people. And that would have been, I mean, a more interesting movie in a different way, probably in more of like a creed, it sounds like way. And yeah. not a crazy movie with a robot. That is a line that I wrote down. I was like, because it's it's a stupid person's observation that's really sad. No, that's why it's so good. It's and then so Stallone good. is so good at selling those he lines. Is. Yeah. Like he is good in it. He's yeah, good he in all these movies. It. And like I think Dolph Lundgren is great in this. Like I think his presence is like, you're like, yeah, this guy's fucking terrifying. Cause they're trying to make him out to be, I think this inhuman, I think that's the point is to like dehumanize this Russian man. And to be like, no, he's just a robot. They try to kind of show Soviet Russia, especially like the final fight in Russia to be like, oh, look at this fucking propaganda. Everybody's like kind of chanting the same shit. And I'm like, this is no different than America. Like it's amazing that America never has been able to be like, they look at other places and they're like, they worship these fucking people. And it's like, motherfuckers are saluting the flag every morning at school. Like, this is crazy. What are you talking about? Which we should talk about. One of the most insane spectacles I've ever seen in my life, which is Apollo Creed coming out for his fight with Drago, <laughs> is just pure American excess in the most amazing way. It opens on Drago and he's in the ring and he's looking around like kind of confused. He's like a dog <laughs> or something. He's like, where am I? And then he like slowly ascends in the ring into the stadium and he's immediately surrounded by flying mini like robotic like flying planes and james brown performing living in america yeah and then creed (laughs) comes out dressed as uncle sam dancing around (laughs) no this movie like this movie poses the last fight closer to how i envision a Katy perry halftime show than i do like any sort of sports match oh yeah if you saw that you would be like this is fucking nuts it's one of the things where it's like it's made with not much self-awareness to the point that you're like how could they not be self-aware of what they're showing on screen? Yeah, exactly. This is like the most accidentally like anti-American movie where everyone in this movie is a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. Like the Russians are really disciplined. And for some reason that makes all the Americans be like, you guys are a bunch of robots. (laughs) I know. It's like, it's like they're mad that they're built taller and are disciplined. Yeah. You're a puppet to your government. (laughs) It's like, what are you? Wouldn't the subversive thing to do after Apollo dies is like not engaging and like retiring and becoming like. That's why it's so true to itself it's like no that is what this guy would do yeah he would be like i gotta kill him yeah you're right (laughs) i gotta kill him too (laughs) it's literally a revenge movie yeah you're right revenge action movie as a rocky movie and yeah the fact that this is like we said like mostly montage montage in a way that's also like the mid-movie montage where rocky's just driving around yeah the montage is just shots from other rocky movies it's insane. Yeah. Also, his license plate. I didn't notice it. You didn't notice his license plate? No, what is it? Then? Southpaw. So it's Southpaw without the U. I understand that it's supposed to be Southpaw and it's a license Southpaw. plate, so it can't fit. But I was like, why didn't you just take the A out? Oh, yeah. It's so weird that he took he takes the U out. <laughs> I feel like he doesn't know. And someone's going to be like, oh, you it's misspelled. He's like, what do you mean it's misspelled? Southpaw. It's <laughs> 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 it's Southpaw. There's repeated dialogue in this movie of people saying, like, you should change, you gotta change, and then people being like, fuck that. And then the very end speech. Um, (laughs) I would love... He improvised that speech. No, he didn't. He improvised it. I don't know, have you seen... To me, that like that's when I literally, I was like mouth agape, dropped my spoon (laughs) watching this movie. Have you ever seen The Great Dictator starring Charlie Chaplin? I don't I kind of wonder if, if Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. thinks he's like riffing on the amazing speech that Charlie Chaplin delivers as a tramp about Hitler at the at the very end. I mean, <laughs> it I mean that doesn't sound unlikely to me because no. both like and they're and they're kind of similar. They're <laughs> delivered similarly. One is clearly someone who like wrote for weeks knowing that this was going to be the scene that makes or breaks his movie. And then one and you just told me it was completely improvised. I kind of think that that he took his inspiration from the great dictator. I don't know because he <laughs> 
supervised it? We, first of all, before we get to that, because that is kind of the cherry on top of this movie, is this amazing, it's more than a cherry improvised <laughs> speech. So when he goes to avenge, okay, so <laughs> after his boy dies in the ring, which has the famous line where when they're interviewing Drago and they're like, they're basically interviewing Drago and they're like, hey, the, he might be dead. Did you mm-hmm. know that? And he goes, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Beautiful. And then when he tells his wife, when he tells Sally Shire, he's like, he's like, I gotta avenge it. Paulo, he's dead. And, and she starts yelling at him. And she says, Why can't you change your thinking? Everybody else does. And he basically yeah. just like goes, I'm dumb. <laughs> like, <he's> just, <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> and it's so sad. This this woman's like, fucking, you're gonna die. <laughs> My husband's Yeah, she is. You're a vegetable. I already have to take care of you and (laughs) stupid brother who's fucking a robot downstairs. Can you please (laughs) fight this guy who's definitely good? The listeners are for sure gonna think that he is fucking (laughs) oh my god. (laughs) They just keep hearing robots in the middle of the night. He just moaning. And yeah, she's like, please don't do this. And he's like, you know, I gotta do it. (laughs) <laughs> and he gets in his car and drives around. And then there's a five minute montage of shots from other Rocky movies. <laughs> and then when he's leaving to go to Russia, the robot says goodbye to him. <laughs> he goes out front to leave and he's saying goodbye to his kid. And the robot comes out with Polly and is like, You forgot. And the robot's like, You forgot something. <laughs> And Polly's like with the robot as if it's his wife. He's like, all also, right, it's see like, you later. And the robot's like sentient. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he brings Polly to Soviet Russia, which could have been the best fish out of water comedy ever. <laughs> this guy is just like horny for his robot. He misses his robot slut at home. And he's like in Russia and he's like, these people are animals. <laughs> he's like, there's no pizza in Russia. <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't know if there's an unintentional parallel between the robot and Drago being portrayed as a robot because he's basically- I don't think that's intentional because you're supposed to like the robot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think if it was, the robot would have been like nefarious or like, but the robot is like one of the more likable characters in this movie. Oh no, the robot's tight. The robot aims to (laughs) it aims to please. It's just doing its job. Yeah, I Um, like the robot. It's- Probably keeping Polly a little bit further from the grave. I don't know. So he goes to Russia. You get fucking an incredible training montage that goes on for like seven minutes. Yeah. Between it cuts back and forth between uh, Rocky and Drago. It's weird that in Russia, they're like, this guy's dealing with like state of the art, advanced technology to train his ass. And Rocky's like, I'm going old school. I'm running up this mountain. Yeah. (laughs) He runs up a mountain in Russia in like Nikes. He's also like in like a He's like bunker. Rock yeah, they yeah, put him in a I, bunker. I'm like, I don't think that you need to be in hiding. Because yeah, because like, they think that you get like followed there when you go to Russia. That the government is following. It's so Rocky. bizarre. I'm like, I don't understand why you felt like you had to like go out in the middle of nowhere as if you're like an assassin. Because that's what he thinks he is. This movie is a revenge action movie. <laughs> so, but there's a seven minute montage of training, and then Rocky's wife shows up in Russia, and she's like, "I." She's like, I, "What the fuck?" Yeah, she's like, "Dude, I guess if you're gonna die, I better be here." <laughs> yeah, and these kids are just like, God knows where. Yeah, where are the kids? They're at home with Polly's with the robot. wife. Yeah, don't worry, Polly's wife is taking care of it. And then, literally maybe 30 seconds of dialogue between them and then another five minute montage seven minute montage 30 seconds of dialogue five minute montage fight (laughs) (laughs) like someone was like this is how movies should be yeah this is a movie that will make you feel like you sat on the controller a lot and then they start fighting and it's a good fight it's well choreographed it's a good fight between them when Rocky's not going down the way Creed is going, went down, Drago like tells his twin, he's like, he is not human. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, so him. wait, so now you both are not human. Yeah. I mean, in real life, I'm like, no, there's no way. Like this dude is destroyed. They wouldn't be Rocky. in the same weight class. So that's the other thing. It's like these old fucking men or these aging men who refuse to get older or die. Yeah. What's up with the boxing like federation or whatever. 
Oh, it's like that's you can't like, even sympathize when Creed dies because you're like, I don't know. This motherfucker's stupid. He talked a bunch of shit and fought a Russian guy who's 20 years younger than him in massive. <laughs> and then he killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of it's on like, have you, ever watched, have you ever watched any of like My Strange Addiction? Uh, yeah. Oh, there yeah. was like this amazing dude one time that kind of seemed like a Matthew McConaughey character who like <laughs> refused to eat cook his meat because he thought that if he didn't cook his meat, it would make him superhuman. And this includes um chicken. He's gonna get gout. <laughs> no, for real. And like doctors were like, sir, you have they, gout. they did like a they did like an expert or something, and they're like, sir, you have a lot of parasites. And he's like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> what else? What else you got for me, doc? Why you want some? It's like that. It's just like, well, it just seems like you're jealous of my body. Yeah, it's like it just seems like, yeah, you don't want to live. I don't know. I guess it's fine. I also guess in real life, Carl Weathers almost quit the movie because he hated Dolph Lundgren so much. So really? I guess a lot of that tension in those scenes is real. Like, I wonder why. Because I guess Dolph Lundgren was just really intense and was just like he was taking it very seriously. It was like his big screen debut. He wanted to mm-hmm. like get something to prove. I don't know. Carl Weathers is also probably super arrogant. So he probably was like antagonizing this yeah. guy when he's like dancing around antagonizing him in the ring. And he's like, come on, you stupid motherfucker. Yeah, that's <laughs> really like, funny. You're like, this dude, he's going <laughs> to kill you. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's sick. But then during the final fight, somehow in the process of this fight, Russia goes from loving Drago to pro Rocky. Yeah, he convinces. They're chanting Rocky's name. By they the like end. love Rocky by the end, and so Rocky's basically like, "I can change, but only because you change and you like me now. Now I change <laughs> and I like you now." But it's like, no. I'm like, do they start face. chanting for him because because they realize that Drago's not going to kill him, so they're like, "Fuck it, this guy's a loser." <laughs> I don't know. I was like, "There's no way." This is the American vision at this time. Yeah. We could win hearts and minds if Rocky goes to Russia and destroys their best fight. In the ring. I wonder if that is what Sylvester Stallone maybe thought. Oh, I think that's what this movie's supposed to be. So he get, he wins the fight, and then Russia turns their back on him because Drago's a loser now, which is apparently what Creed Two is about. Which sounds interesting. Again, but why these like, legacy sorry, sequels? Wait, you is, lose one fight and you like are a loser. That's how this movie sees Russia. They're basically like he loses one fight, and they're like, "You're dead to us." So we can fuck up one time. Yeah, in America, you can fuck up as many times as you want. We, <laughs> we got your back. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. You fuck up, and we'll avenge you. <laughs> But then, yeah, he wins the fight and he gives a speech. First of all, he's getting asked questions in Russian by the journalist there. And I was like, how does he understand them? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's when the robot should have come in. He should have been a robot translator. <laughs> My wife's here. Uh, <laughs> you came. Yeah, journalist is like asking him a question. And I just, I thought he was just going to be like, what? <laughs> like he does, I don't know what you're saying, sir. <laughs> but instead, he basically gives a speech where he starts off basically being like, there's a lot of haters out there, but it's okay. It's he's, more marble mouthed, but it feels like something that like Tom Hanks's worst kid would say. Yeah, it's it, well, because he also did just like, like get his ass beat probably worse than he ever has in his life. And he's like right. 40, so he's like, holy shit, he's like fucking dazed. During this fight, I've seen a lot of changing. The way you felt about me and the way I felt about you. In here, there were two guys killing each other. But I guess that's better than 20 million. So what I was trying to say is that if I can change, and you can change, everybody can change. And then he does like an Oscar speech thing at the end where he's like, I just want to give a shout out to my kid who should be home sleeping. Son, I love you. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Like This isn't the Oscars. You're in Soviet Russia. (laughs) He's not watching that on TV. Like, can you? I don't know. I don't know how it would. Yeah, I have no idea. But it's an insane speech, especially realizing that it was improvised. I was like, he improved. Did he really get the shit beat out of him? And then he just went and was like, let's roll. (laughs) I got it. <laughs> Don't worry, fuck the script. How many takes do you think it was? 
one. <laughs> that would be <laughs> he so did it incredible. He's like, he nailed it. it. Well, that was good, right? Everybody starts applauding. Yeah, I guess it's better than 20 million, right? <laughs> It's really crazy, and it's over so quick. <laughs> yeah, because it's essentially like you just put on uh, montage. Yeah, I, it just felt like it was just like, yeah, in and out. It feels like a like a ride, like a Disneyland ride. It feels like Rocky the ride. I gotta say, I'd rather I would take this over the original Rocky. I would rather watch this again. Like, fuck it. Really? It's insane. I mean, I haven't. You you just watched the original Rocky, so like. I mean, yeah. this movie is literally a bunch of montages and bizarre freeze frames and zooms and him just doing like insane shit behind the camera. It's also just like such a pure like distillation of like movies in the 80s. And just like if you had to like talk about 80s movies, you would look at this and Flashdance and Top Gun and be like, yeah, this yeah. is what the 80s was. same rating as it's slightly higher as a 37 percent 37 percent but it has a fucking 78 percent audience oh people love this movie i thought it would have an audience backlash too this movie no this movie made 300 million worldwide this is the highest grossing rocky movie whoa Okay. Um, Roger Ebert said, Rocky IV is movie making by the numbers. Even the climactic fight scene isn't as exciting as it should be. Maybe because we know with the certainty born of long experience how it will turn out. Stallone says this will be the last Rocky movie. He should have taken Rocky as an example and retired undefeated. Sheila Benson of the LA Times said, this is grim and witless storytelling. And what makes it so depressing is that it hasn't improved by so much as a chemical trace since the days of the first Rocky. Washbo said, all the air has gone out of Rocky, something Stallone, who also wrote and directed, seems to realize. He won't leave his movie alone. It's riddled with hapless gimmickry. Slow motion, double images, freeze frames, embarrassing MTV-style <laughs> montages, a noisy, aggressive soundtrack, and flashback after flashback after flashback to the movies that have gone <laughs> before in order to remind you why you're there, as if to insist, see, this used to be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good review. Dave Gerlich Kogaroo said this film runs through most of Lenny Riefenstahl's bag of tricks as if it builds oh up God. as it builds up a patriotic frenzy, yet the crazed flag waving would be a lot easier to take if it weren't so clearly a commercial calculation meant to salvage what is otherwise a crass, careless, shamelessly paddled film. Peter Travers, uh, <laughs> at this time, Ryan Review Magazine said his vacuous post-bout speech indicates why boxers with 75 professional bouts are rarely called upon as public speakers. Oh. Who's the MVP of Rocky for? I think I'm going to say Dolph Lundgren. I'm going Dolph, baby. I think Dolph yeah. rules in this. I love Dolph in this. I and the like, robot. This guy's great. Oh, the, the robot. robot. Of course, the, the robot. The robot's sort of the dog of this movie. The robot, yeah, deserves a lot for just like sucking and fucking Polly until the day <laughs> Thank dies. God. I, I think this is a cold movie. I think this is like the yeah. ultimate. Like, I think it's a little bit of a train wreck. Oh, it's definitely a train wreck. I mean, I don't know, because it is communicating exactly what it sets out to do. Right. In a way. But so was like a drawing. Yeah. But so was like a kid's drawing of a hat. Like, it's very. He's doing his best. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think I it's kind this. of a train wreck in some ways. But no, yeah. yeah, yeah. If definitely... I had to pick, it's definite. It's a cult classic. Yeah, like this is a great midnight movie. It's 90 minutes. It's mostly montage. It would be great to watch with a packed audience. Well, if you, the audience, wants to watch Rocky Four, it's streaming on, like, so many fucking platforms. It's, like, some that I don't know what they are. Two of the ones that I do know what they are are Roku and Prime. And It's Flash also Dance. on, um, it's on AMC Plus. AMC, okay. like, the network that has yeah. Mad Men and shit. Mad Men. And Flashdance lives over on Showtime for the time being. If you'd like to keep up with us next week, we're entering the 90s. The double feature, Last Action Hero and Small Soldiers. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Remember to follow us everywhere you can. Subscribe yeah. to our Patreon. It's tight. We need help. You get help. things. We yeah, need, we need you help. Get, you get things. You get we will things. give you things. And one of the things that you get is you get a bonus episode every month. And this month, we get to talk about Michael Bay's Ambulance. And yeah. I can tell you right now, it's fucking great. So you probably oh. want to pay for that episode. It had me at hello. Check out our bonus episodes. Follow us. Love us. You know, if we learn one thing from both these movies, at least Rocky Four, you don't need to change. <laughs> Just be you. Own it.
to my kid who should be home sleeping. Merry Christmas, kid!